And so I would tell people like, I want you to dream big and I want it to be scary. You know, it's so big and it maybe feels like it's out of reach. That's okay, that's what gives you the juice. And then just baby step toward it. Some days it's gonna feel great. Some days it's gonna feel like you're going nowhere. But if you've really got a, an authentic big dream that is your opus, that will energize you. All right, today's episode is our repeat guest, Chet Scott. We've gotten a lot of good feedback on the episodes with Chet. And as you know, he and I just love to be together and to talk about life. So we kind of um, weave around a little bit in this conversation, but it's um, always one that we both enjoy and I hope you do too. He's a wonderful human making such a big impact on so many lives and somebody that I greatly admire and cherish our friendship and all that he's taught me. So enjoyed another episode with Chet Scott. Welcome back. Chet, another uh, episode here, the Gravity Podcast. Mm-hmm. I always enjoy being with you and getting into conversation with you and um, sharing it with other people. I love it. And we were just talking uh, before we got started about where we want to go today. And, you know, I'm not really sure. You know, what had come to mind to me was some of the stuff that I know we've both been reading mm-hmm. and maybe kind of tugging on some common threads there. I know we both read The Mountain Is You, In Between, Goggin's new book. So where do you want to go? Mm. I mean, those are good, worthy reads. And we could certainly kind of go there. Here's what I'd like to do. I'd like to run this the way, the way back in the day mother would run their comedy show. And I've talked about this before which was legendary. The dudes that made Saturday Night Live such a thing, they grew up in Chicago doing improv in this, like I picture it, I've never seen it, but I picture it like a freaking little bar. But they would just sit and do what we're doing and riff off each other. Mm-hmm. And it would be funny, <laughs> like mm-hmm. not like this. <laughs> and so like, I think as leaders, as, I, as my work involves uh, work with leaders and with their teams, it is this notion of how do I build a team that is like all in, fully committed to where we're going and how we get there. And one thing we know that doesn't produce that kind of a team is a leader that just tells the team where we're going and how to get there. What provides a team that's totally committed is this sense that they are riffing off each other, that yes, the leader is in charge and doling out commands, but the team takes those and improvises. When we study like some of the greatest films, some of the greatest stories from combat, some of the greatest stories from commerce, you know, it is always about the way the team improvised together that turned it into something really magic. So I kind of like to play off of that. Mm -hmm. Okay. And see if we can't improvise something really well. So I'll start off with a thought and then we'll see where it takes us because I want you to then and on it. Gotcha. I've got thoughts too. So yeah. we'll uh, riff a little bit here. Yeah. So simple survey that's been done since World War II and it's been done around the globe. So I'm going to give you this data point and I've used this. Well, we've talked about this before. I, I have talked about this this week with a couple of teams 
because it's just, it's like one of those old pieces of data that as leaders never gets old. It still is true today. This survey is, was categorized in Kuznos and Posner's book years ago called The Leadership Challenge. And the survey was done around the globe asking people like us, normal people all over the world, what do you need to see in a leader to fully commit, to bring your best, run through walls for them? What are the attributes they've got to embody? And around the globe, we basically say the same thing, year in and year out. It never varies, like what the world wants to see out of their leaders. And I don't mean political leaders, I mean leaders, you know, across the gamut. And the first attribute is honest. If we're gonna give our committed best to somebody, we've got to know that we can trust them, that they're honest. And the best way we measure that in a leader is do they do what they say they're going to do? Simple. Which, of course, we all know we don't do. Nobody does what they say they're going to do 100% of the time. Like, there's not a perfect human who's always had whatever they say be exactly what they do. Like, we all make mistakes. And right there is where the rub begins with, like, being committed to something and someone because that's really freaking hard to be straight up honest, right? Do what you say you're going to do. But that's the first attribute. The second one that we want, if we're going to give our best to a leader, is we want to know that they're forward-looking, that they have a dream that they are going to lead us toward the promised land. Here it is. It's got to be crystal clear. So one, we got to see, hey, is this leader trustworthy? Do they do what they say they're going to do? Second, do they have a big dream? Do I connect with it? Third, are they competent? It's one thing to be straight up honest, Another thing to have a dream, but there's a lot of people who are honest and have big dreams, but they don't know how to get there. We don't follow them. We got to see they got skills that are required to lead this team to where we're headed. So we go all the time, are they competent? Can they make this happen? And then the fourth thing that, this is such a human nature drill. The fourth attribute the world says they need to see in a leader if they're going to give their committed best is as humans, we look left and right when we're buying into something, to see if anybody else is buying in. Like we don't wanna be the only one, you know, drinking the Kool-Aid. So we always look to the left and right and go, is anybody else inspired the way I am? And when we see that they're inspiring others, then we start to step toward it. So the fourth attribute we want in a leader is, can they inspire? And when surveyed leaders across the globe, 90% of the leaders like you, and all my other clients who lead systems, 90% of them around the world feel like they're not inspiring. 90%. I'm like, wow. And so I've thought about that a lot. And my message to leaders has really changed over the years. But it's, I think it's a true one, which is stop trying to be inspiring. It's a horrible aim. It's a great outcome, kind of like happiness. Work on being more honest. Work on getting clear on your vision and doing a better job of simplifying it so everybody else can connect. Keep learning. Keep pushing yourself to grow. That's the gig. And if you do that consistently, I'll be inspired. And it'll be an outcome. Mm -hmm. And so as a leader, let me just, and then you can go wherever you want to go, but I wanted to just start with that thought and like what hits you with that? Do those make sense to you? Do you have a another attribute that you sit there and go, yeah, well, that wouldn't get me to give my committed best. Like, I'm just laying out that data from what the world says, but what do you say? 
Yeah, well, I think those are great attributes and I haven't really thought about whether or not, you know, those are the three that I, you know, would say are the three. Yeah. But here's what comes to mind for me. When I hear that, I can imagine a lot of people can hear that, but don't know how to really do that. Mm-hmm. And and they don't know how to do that because there's a lot of stuff inside of them that's in the way or around them that's in the way. It's maybe not how they've been leading or being. And therefore it's not so simple or easy for them, right? To just go, okay, you know what? I'm going to do what I say and I'm going to come up with a big dream and I'm going to focus on that. And then people will be inspired by me. I think some people might really get stuck in the trying to be that. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, what comes to mind, you know, what I was sort of thinking. You missed one, by the way. Trustworthy, big dream. Competence. Competence and then inspiring. Got it. Yeah, I think the competence part, depending on how you define that, you know, is where people might actually find it easiest to lean into, right? Like just do the work, be really good at the work. But is it aimed at a big dream? You know, are we trustworthy? Therefore, are we inspiring? Mm-hmm. And, you know, what I was thinking about pretty much from the beginning of hearing you open that up is what I think leaders really need to do first, which is right at the core of Built to Lead, mm-hmm. is work on themselves, really do the inner work to figure out who they are, what they believe, you know, why they're here the purpose, right? And because then when you're so clear about that, Mm -hmm. and to me, it means, you know, a lot of things, including, you know, having a a meditation practice or some way to move energy so that you have space to be clear, right? Therapy, whatever it is that helps you get unblocked. Mm -hmm. But then you can start to act in alignment, do what you say, mm-hmm. right? Because you're not so unconscious to all this shit that keeps taking you sideways. Yeah, so true. And there's an ancient saying, and I can't remember who it's credited to, but I'll give you the saying, that we learn more by example than principle and precept. Let's use you as an example. Let's go back to you your- can use me as an example as long as you're not going to like gas me up. You I can, don't know what that means. Uh, well, don't don't make it like a fluff piece about how I'm an example. You kick my ass if you're going to use me as an example. I'm just going to so let's be honest and I'll be honest about why you're a good example and you just be honest about telling your story and I won't gas you up or whatever that <laughs> word is, right? So I'm not going asking us to go back, but we started about this, like it'd be good to just make this like a coaching session. Yeah, yeah. Right? And I was like, yeah, but man, our coaching sessions end up very raw. You're very vulnerable. I'm kicking your ass. And we can't really show the world that without us treading in areas that would have ramifications we don't want to deal with. Mostly for other people. Yes. That's correct. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. go ahead. But let's so I've, so play with it. Let's play with it. So we go back to what you just said. Let's use you as an example. 
we don't go back to your beginning, but let's just go back to Schottenstein Real Estate Group. Can we do that? Sure. So, because I think it'll illustrate how you got from a place that was really good to a place that's really great. Hmm? So let's go back to the day you got clarity in my mind. After doing that inner work on your core, that outer work on Europus. And we sat in a very comfortable room with all these windows at Easton in your office. And you told me you had clarity about your big dream. And you were very honest. And you'd been building competency in your place of commerce. And there was like next to nothing I could say to change your mind. That's how clear it was, which made me want to follow. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And give you my committed best, which we've been doing before that and ever since that. Mm -hmm. Fair? Mm -hmm. Right. So why don't you tell the listener a little bit about how you arrived at that moment so they'd better understand how to get that kind of clarity. Does that make sense? Do you, sure, remember, yeah. do you remember the day I'm speaking of? Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. I remember it all very well. And I don't always remember stuff like that, but I, I do. And I mean, I've talked about it pretty frequently on the podcast. Publicly, you and I were working together and going through Built to Lead and really being pushed to starting with discovery questions, you know, really look at things that I had never looked at before or were hard to look at and kind of writing the lawyer's argument and arguing it back and forth and really trying to um, dig in and wrestle with, you know, what it was that really mattered to me and how I wanted to integrate that into my work and life. But it was also a lot of other things, like I've said, therapy and Landmark Forum and Summit Series and other stuff that opened my eyes that really kind of got me to find myself mm -hmm. so that I could really discover a big dream and then, you know, take a leap into it. Mm -hmm. Well, that's too general. So I would like you to get more, I'd like you to go back to that day and give more specificity to like, how did you do that? So back in that day, you hadn't yet gone to the Summit Series, okay? You hadn't yet done a whole bunch of things that you just included in that. You had just done a few very simple, basic things and done them well. And it wasn't about, and this is not about built to lead. I'm not looking for that. I'm looking for how did you get that kind of clarity to leave something? Because a lot of people tell me this all the time. Well, well I got a good gig here. Yeah. I mean, I think, I'm not sure what you're looking for, but I'll tell you what comes to mind. Mm. And mostly the clarity came, you know, separate from built to lead and the other things from, you know, I guess what was at that point, like 15 years of experience doing other things that I both loved and hated so that I could figure out what I didn't want to do and what I might want to do more of. And really getting a tremendous amount of experience in that time period. I, I did not like working at the bank, but I learned a ton. Right. I had a tremendous opportunity with Schottenstein and was given a lot of 
opportunity to do things I had never done before and learn on the job. And I learned a ton there that allowed me to understand what I might want to do. I also started doing things uh, on the side that were experimenting with what I thought maybe could become a part of the big dream. And so that then in combination with the other things, you know, gave me the competency, the skill to feel like I had the confidence to go chase a big dream. Mm-hmm. That was better. <laughs> so I want the listener to hear, because I hear this all the time from young people asking me, how did I get where I'm at? What do I see in my successful clients that differentiates them from just good ones? Then the, the search is always for the silver bullet. Right. Yeah. And that's, it just doesn't work like that. Maybe you can find some examples where it has, but those are few and far between. You know, in the spirit of riffing, you know, one of the things that uh, you forget that when you start something new. Mm-hmm. And so when I started the podcast, I wanted it to be what I wanted it to be fast. Mm-hmm. And people would tell me, I would say, how do you grow the audience and how do you get bigger guests and blah, blah, blah. And people would say, you just have to do it a lot for a long time mm-hmm. and then it'll happen. Mm-hmm. And it started to happen, mm-hmm. but I've realized in over the last three years, just how true that is. You have to do the reps. You got to learn and grow and get better and, and be consistent and build that competency. And you're right, have a big dream and be inspiring and be truthful. Um, and I think, yeah, it applies to probably anything that you want to achieve. Amen. So no silver bullets for you in that story. What I heard were lots of lead bullets. The bank, a lot of learning. SREG, great opportunity. Gift, lots of learning. Being honest with yourself and going, this has really been good and I could probably just settle in here and this could be really good, which is why Collins said, good is the enemy of great. And the work you did to say, ah, I got a big dream and I don't, I'm grateful for all that I've been through and I see what I could be great at. And it's going to require this leap because there was no guarantee. And you didn't leap uneducated. You didn't leap angry. You leapt in a very good way because you'd been doing the work, been doing the reps so that you could leap and it would actually just feel like a baby step to you. And I was concerned it was a leap, but you had been doing the work. So you were so much more peaceful about it than what I was, which is the way I want it to be. And that's why I followed. That's why I came alongside. Mm -hmm. I could see it. I could feel it. That was inspiring. So I want the listener to understand that it's really easy for us to look at stories like yours and stories of my other clients and stories in history, stories of any of the, uh, the books we read Goggin's story that we both have been talking about and just go, well, I'm not him. Well, he's just crazy. Or read stories like Agassiz and go, well, yeah, I, I don't have that level of skill. You know, at a young age, he was very skilled and like, oh, I'm not that. We can easily just 
or I wasn't born into that right family or that right circumstance. We can easily make excuses for why somebody else could go live the dream, but not us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting because Goggins is like, I get a lot out of his books. I'm sort of always surprised because he doesn't like seem like somebody I would like. And right. a lot of what he says, I don't relate to. Yeah. But I find it to be fascinating how much his voice gets in my head when I'm doing hard things mm -hmm. and how helpful it is. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I've really learned in the last year or so is just how much is possible when you do show up consistently and do the hard work. And for me, it's been like in sort of things that are fun to play with, Yeah, but it's a good lesson to learn in an easy way so that you can apply it in other harder ways. So for example, like I'm 48 years old and I'm playing the best tennis I've ever played in my life. I just over the weekend played doubles and beat two 17 year olds that are probably like in their prime, you know, and it's because I've been going every morning to Ohio state and having my ass kicked and getting better. Right. Same for physical fitness exercise. Literally we talk about the core, mm -hmm. right. As, as your like inner work, but, but the way that you actually build a physical core is by doing core work every day. Right. Right. And so I think, you know, what I'm hearing is you're talking about my journey and what you want people to hear is just how important it is to show up and do that work every day, even when you don't want to, towards the big aim. That's right. So that you can make a leap and do it a little bit more peacefully. Now, my question to you is having done that a few times and still coming up against other periods where there feels like there needs to be another leap, mm -hmm. right? And, and it doesn't have to be professionally, it can no. be within the business, right? right? You have hard times in your business, things aren't just up and to the right, and you get into that period where things are tough, yep. right? You either feel like you need to make a change or you got to try to power through. I think it's easy to forget what we did the last time. It feels new and fresh. And I guess my question for you is, ideally, do you want it to be peaceful in that leap? Or sometimes is it hard and scary and you just have to say, fuck it and jump? Okay. Yeah. So it's a classic and. Mm -hmm. That's the answer. We'll explain that for people. Well, yeah. the, so the classic and is sometimes the wise thing to do is to say, fuck it and jump. And sometimes the wise thing to do is say, fuck that and stay, sit, mm -hmm. grind, work through it, where you are, master that craft, where you are, and reject the next expression that feels like it's right there. But um, when you do the reflecting, the absolute best call at the moment is to stay. So the more someone gets in the meditation and the reflecting in the space, they can then make better decisions on when to stay and when to go. And it is not 
one or the other, like always do this, like Goggins would, his way is always power through until he got injured so badly that he had to slow down and work on his mobility. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and he still does both, but the, the people always are asking me, what should I do? And I'm like, that's not, that's not an easy answer, right? The fact that you're struggling through it, you just got to keep riding, you got to keep creating space, and it'll actually show up eventually. And then it'll be very clear to you, and you go, Chad, here's what I'm doing. Kind of like you did mm -hmm. back on that day. You didn't look to me to give you the answer. You said to me after lots of hard practices, you and I grinding through it, you said, Chad, I've got clarity. Here's what I'm going to do. And that's the freaking magic. Mm -hmm. So you've been doing that with your tennis game. You've been doing that with your work. You've been doing that at home. And it's always hardest at home, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Why is that? Why is it always hardest to consistently show up, not looking for a silver bullet there, but just show up and sit in lots of lead bullets that feel like we're just getting shredded? as opposed to these are lead bullets taking it somewhere. Why is home, Bono sang it well in his song, Walk On, which I've gotten in trouble for playing in the wrong groups, which is another story. <laughs> Such a great song. Where I misread his lyrics, I thought he was saying, home is where the heart is, because I could relate to that in a very positive way. And I looked at the lyrics and it's home is where the hurt is. I thought, what a freaking that's, Crazy true. It is the heart and hurt. They go together. So how have you been showing up with the hurt at home, especially like with what I know you're going through with your dad? Mm. Well, you know, I think that some degree, you know, my mindset has shifted on that experience because I have moved through a lot of the processing of what happened and why and how. Mm -hmm. And in doing that and being able to show up for my father in this case, who's been sick, there's been a lot of healing. And also, you know, it's been sort of a, I feel kind of honored to have the opportunity to be with somebody who's at the end of life. Mm -hmm. It's a real, it's a very full experience and one that I'm really grateful to have the ability to show up and help somebody at that time. I started off talking about books, you know, we both read yeah. the in between. Right. And, you know, when somebody's in that state, you know, there's the potential for great connectivity and honesty and openness and and all the emotions fear and regret and, and sadness and anger and so it's such a full experience all right now it's definitely been hard i mean physically emotionally it takes a lot of energy to show up for somebody and and i think to answer your question, you know, on the Bono saying, mm -hmm. boy, actually, I don't know if I have an answer. You know, I, let me think about it for a second. I, I think, I think if home is where the hurt is, which I'm not sure if I totally 
Well, I think it's an and. It's an and, yeah. Home is where the heart is. Yeah. Home is where the hurt is. Yeah. It yeah. is. It there is, is there's, yeah, there's definitely hurt at home. I think I find today, as I sit here today, I feel more connected to home is where the heart is because I, mm-hmm. I have a, so much gratitude for for my family, all of them, yeah, right, and my life. But there's been hurt, no question. And I think hurt at home happens because it's a generational, you know, family dynamic where the people that mm. are closest to us get to see, you know, all of us, including our worst parts. Right. And that can be hurtful. Yeah. Amen. And this is good. And it wasn't an either or. Like, I'm glad that you're relating. It's more where the heart is now. I just wanted to drive the point to the listener that it both are true. Home is where the heart is and the hurt is. Because C.S. Lewis said this really well. He said, if you don't really want to experience deep pain, then don't give your heart to anyone or anything. Lock it up in the selfish pursuit of your stuff. But if you even give it to an animal, this is Lewis, he said, your heart will be wrung and surely broken. It's true. Mm -hmm. So as the listener thinks about like, how do I go be honest with myself, get a big dream, build competence, and then build inspiration. The way you do it is it's a lot of lead bullets and a lot of your dreams won't come true. (laughs) You know, to live the dream is to accept the fact that some of them are going to be dead ends, which is why when you talked about how you got here, it was a lot of experiments and you experimented with full heart. And it's kind of gut-wrenching to, to leave someplace that's been good to you, right? But part of this builder's journey of living a great life is going to require some of those hard calls. It's just, there's no easy way. And we're always looking for the easy way toward greatness, toward excellence, toward something we've really got our heart set on. Mm-hmm. And I think too many times we don't set our young people up with an understanding of how much it hurts to get there. And it's not a bad thing. It's just a thing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so I love your story because it's true. It's honest. And it's not been up and to the right. Neither is mine. Neither is any humans. And I just want the listener to understand like, like core opus, the stuff that we talk about all the time. Like it, it is, it's the key to getting after the life you want figuring out who you are and figuring out what is a worthy aim at work and at home mm-hmm. and integrating those into where they all feel like one. Mm. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that I've learned in, in built to lead and, and other things, you know, James clear talked a lot about this in mm. the atomic habits that I think people miss is the baby steps, mm-hmm. right? That this isn't, something again no silver bullet right it's a lot of little steps consistently you know one after the next every day over a long period of time before you might experience some of what you're after that's right and and it's just so easy to give up along the way Mm because it's hard right 
it's not going to necessarily just be easy. But, but you know, and I know we're going to run out of time here. Coming back to like the sense of peace yeah, and the inner work that I think we both agree is so important to be able to lead, to be able to have success. Maybe just say something about how we should also be energetically looking for that too. Because I think sometimes where I get a little twisted up on Goggins mm. is I'm not sure that it's always supposed to be so hard, right? That we should be going towards things that also give us energy or feel um, fun and peaceful and joyful, right? Like we should be looking for that too. Now, you know, there's, it's a fine line because a lot of that pleasure is, is actually very short lived. Mm-hmm. Right. So you don't want that false pleasure. You want something that's sustainable. I don't know. Maybe speak to that before we wrap up. Uh, that's not a short one. You know, you'd like lay that out at the 40th minute or whatever. When we, <laughs> we got five left. Well, just say what, you know. So I would. The melody line. The melody line is listen to this song. Since we've been talking about you two, I'd say listen to the song Life on Earth. Okay. Snow Patrol. The chorus that I always hear from that song. And he's just, the artist is describing life on earth. And the melody line is, it shouldn't be so fucking hard. Mm. I think that's most of the, what makes life feel so fucking hard is us. Mm. The way we get caught up in our head, like you gotta have a big dream and it's gotta energize you. And you're gonna have setbacks along the way. But if you focus on the setbacks, life's gonna feel really hard. And if you just keep your mind on the prize, the dream, where you're headed, and you celebrate the little wins, the baby steps, because they're there every freaking day. You know what I mean? You're going to have more energy and more juice. It's just where we let our brain focus. And so I would tell people, like, I want you to dream big, and I want it to be scary. You know, it's so big, and it maybe feels like it's out of reach. That's okay. That's what gives you the juice. And then just baby step toward it. Some days it's going to feel great. Some days it's going to feel like you're going nowhere. But if you've really got an authentic big dream that is your opus, that will energize you. One of my beliefs, one of my deep world views that ties to that is I believe life is an energy management problem and it's yours and mine to solve. Mm -hmm. And if if you keep focusing on the juice, you have more. Yeah, this is also not something that is an easy subject to introduce in the uh, end of the podcast, but I'm going to just say, because it's on my mind, I was thinking about it before. Yeah. I think the uh, one of the big problems people have is they identify as something and not something else that they might want to be. Yeah, And they don't think that they're that something else because of a story they have about it, which might be true but doesn't have to be true. Mm -hmm. So for example, like I've realized in painting Mm -hmm. that my story was, I'm not good at painting. I'm not skilled. I'm not naturally talented. And then, you know, after doing it for, you know, many years now as a hobby, which Mm -hmm. is like, you know, going to take 10 times more than doing it full time. Right. I've had glimpses of, 
feeling like I'm getting better. And I started to think, again, whether it be like you call me an athlete, I don't really see myself as an athlete, but as I start to improve in certain athletic things, I'm like, oh, well, maybe I am an athlete. Mm -hmm. And so I think people, they stop before they get started because they don't believe that it's possible. They can only see the finished product. I think that's what we're talking about here. They, they look at Brett built these buildings or Chet's this great coach to coaches and could I do that? And the way that you do that is you start doing it, mm -hmm. you suck at it, you keep doing it and you get help and you get truth tellers and you go back to doing it and you do it over and over and over again until you get some glimpse of being good at it. That's right. Right? Then you're that thing. But you have to believe from the start that you can be that thing if you do the work. Mm -hmm. Truth. So I always say very few giant leaps for mankind. Very few. But there's a whole lot of baby steps. Mm -hmm. And the world is looking for the giant leap very few of them mm. but we see people who appear to be that and when we break it down it was just a million baby steps mm -hmm. and i can do a baby step giant leaps feel like oh so let's just baby step and your story to me is that iterative process and if we only start with where you were in your professional life it was that iterative process yeah it's the iterative process that has you at the end of the day not feeling like the big jump is really that big. That's how it gets it's peaceful. The peace. That's yeah, how it that's, gets peaceful. That's how it gets peaceful. That's why you were so ready to go. Right. Because in my mind, I was seeing a giant leap at this point. Right. And in your mind, you were going, Chet, this is no problem. It's just a baby step. Yeah. There and, it is. And it's and it's when you get there, it's different than what you imagine it to be. You know, because in my case, I was like, well, I have this deal and I know how I'm going to do it and that'll help me pay my bills and blah, blah, blah. And so that just felt like it was an easy next step, right? In my mind, I had it before it got to that point of like this big thing. How mm -hmm. would I do that? And what if this? And I've got a mortgage and young family and you're right. And so you're right. It's an iterative process to get to that point. And when you're there, you just know. Mm -hmm. All right. I know you got to run, Chet. This was good as always. Fun to just get into a little snippet of built lead in life and yeah, to be with. Any final thoughts? Mm -hmm. I think it was good as well. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Gravity Podcast. Please subscribe to the show at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. To learn more about the entire Gravity Project, please go to gravityproject.com. Please check out the podcast on Instagram at The Gravity Podcast. Music heard of the show is provided courtesy of Kyle Lamoro and Oliver Oak. 